Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. BPI presents Pride Connection, sponsored by Blind LGBT Pride International, Tuesdays at 10 p.m. Eastern on ACB Radio Mainstream or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Pride Connection. And here we go. We've got another great topic for you this evening. We're talking about how things have changed in the work world during the COVID-19 pandemic. I'm your host, Anthony Corona, along with the other two hosts, Vice President Leah Gardner. Say hi. Hey, everybody. I am sitting outside here on a nice patio there's a pool just a few steps away it's 10 p.m eastern time right now and it's about 80 degrees this is this is gorgeous <laughs> and of course as always mr gabriel lopez Cafati, <laughs> president of bpi hey everyone leah forgot to mention the humidity here in miami what humidity <laughs> Yeah, no, it's gorgeous today. What humidity. <laughs> For once, all three co-hosts are in the same state, the same city, the Yay. same county. Although we are not on the lanai with Leah, <laughs> we are joined this evening by our editor extraordinaire, Mr. Tim Cumming. We also have, of course, Mr. Byron Lee, a newest board member, or I should say newest returning board member, returning, Mark yeah. Hano, Hano, and we're all going to talk about our varying experiences working through the pandemic. But um, Gabriel, your president's message, short and sweet, and then maybe uh, Mark can say hello and tell us just a tiny bit about himself. Yeah, I actually am going to keep it short because I want Mark um, uh, to uh, to chat a little bit. Um, everyone knows, uh, everyone who knows BPI knows Mark. Uh, Mark is a great friend. He was one of the first people I met with the BPI when I went to Louisville, I'm sorry, I have to say it right, Louisville, Kentucky in 2012 when we had our convention at the Gold House. Um, but yeah, welcome back to Pride Connection. We are live. Uh, we're uh, talking about uh, work and how work looks for each and every one of us and probably those of you out there during COVID-19. But uh, like I said earlier, I want to let our newest returning board member, I'm very excited to have Mark not only as a friend, um, a BPI member, BPI returning board member, but also a great contributor and a great participant. And uh, Mark, say hi and give us a few intro before we dive into the topic, please. Sure. Thank you very much, Gabriel. Hey, everybody. Um, as you know, my name is Mark Adohado, and I live here in Long Beach, California. Um, been involved with ACB for um, quite a long time. <laughs> I um, and also been involved with BPI for quite a long time as well. As as Gabriel was saying, we um, it's been a while since I've been on the board, but happy to be back and happy to be um, 
a part of the board and also reaching out to members and and just being a part of being able to use my experience and leadership skills to help the organization grow and um, be there for everyone. Um, I am a, um, technically my title for work is administrative assistant, but I work for a nonprofit organization and I um, wear many hats. I always tell my boss, I always want to, uh, I need to come up with a new title because I, I do a whole bunch of other stuff besides administrative assistant, but <laughs> but uh, that's pretty much uh, me in a nutshell at the moment. I, I'm sure we're gonna go to more in depth, but um, uh, that's pretty much it. I I guess the only other thing I would mention is I I um, normally have a guide dog. My guide dog recently passed, but I'm back on board though with uh, applying for another guide dog. So that's that's awesome. That's, yeah. Good luck. So, oh, thanks. I don't need it. Mark, sure, right? you know Mark has oh. Mark has had mm -hmm. some of the sweetest dogs, actually. Um, <laughs> I know I just I know I'm veering off topic really quickly I just have to give a shout out to Mark Mark was one of the people uh, in 2012 who really really inspired me mm -hmm. to get a guide dog and you know I, I couldn't wait the following year was when I uh, did the life changing experience of getting posh um, but Mark uh, I remember he introduced me to his then guide dog Livingstone who was about to retire and I got to interact a lot with Livingstone and and Mark and Livingstone definitely uh, inspired me to go forth, among other people, you know, Don Brown, Georgia showed us, uh, many other BPI folks, but definitely, uh, definitely, Mark, thank you so much, and best wishes with your with your new puppy. Oh, thanks. So, the topic of the evening, as we said, is working during the pandemic. And let's go backwards and just tell us a little bit about what you do, what it was like before the pandemic, and what you, how you've had to adjust since uh, the COVID monster hit. And we'll start with uh, Tim, our editor extraordinaire. Hey, Tim. It's nice to be in front of the microphone as opposed to, you know... <laughs> In the wings. It's nice to hear you over the microphone. Yes, yes. We digress. Yes. Go Exciting. on, my yes. and No extra work on this one. <laughs> no extra work on this one. I get to play, so this is fun. It, so, and, and I'm telling you, we we always have Tim involved in one way or the other. Either we're stealing stealing his wife, <laughs> or we're having him edit, or we have him on the show. But it's always great to have you involved, Tim. Well, we all, you know, we we like to keep BPI in the family, so. Um, Thank you, sir. But um, so before the pandemic, I had two jobs. I was a, I did customer service and I also was an AT trainer. And Leah's familiar with that because mm -hmm. she did that for quite a while. In Many years. Previous, previous lives. <laughs> and uh, so I, I did those two things and I traveled, um, all over the state of Massachusetts. And um, so then the pandemic hit and a couple things happened. One was um, we couldn't do any training unless it was remote because of COVID. And then the other thing happened was my employer, because of COVID, um, lost a whole 
lost a big chunk of money and had to cut back. And so they uh, cut my hours and mm. and cut me from doing assistive training and customer service to just customer service. So, and I, my training duties went to the two other trainers um, who work in the department. So I was relieved of my training duties and just had customer service duties. And since March, I've been working totally from home. And I have to say, I love it. Um, I, I saw, I know some people, uh, you know, don't really like it because they really like the personal interaction, but I love it. Even though I only had, when I was commuting to work, even though I only had a 15 commute, 15 minute commute to work, I love working at home. Uh, um, and it's not that I don't like people. I do like people and I still interact with people, but, um, I just, you know, I just, it, it, the other reason that it's great for me, uh, is because, um, my dad passed away a couple of months ago. And so we've been kind of taking care of my mom. And now because of this new work situation, I have the time to do that. So it's kind of, uh, you know, in some ways a blessing in disguise, but I, from my perspective, I really like it. And, you know, um, don't tell my boss, but I, I would be happy to keep working from home as long as possible. At so this even point. though they, they cut your hours and your responsibilities, so you, you are still um, really content with the current situation. I am content with the current situation. And like mm -hmm. I said, because of things that are, ha are happening in my personal life, it's really mm -hmm. good because mm -hmm. I, have my ha I, have, I have my afternoons free. So mm -hmm. it's it's actually worked out uh, very well for the for the present. So. so next we also have our streamer extraordinaire who's done so much also for uh, Pride Connection and BPI as a whole. We have Byron Lee, um, who also Byron. I know you've been working from home since march as well oh, can no. you tell us <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about how that experience has gone over the past six months well i don't like it <laughs> no sir <laughs> i don't like it um you know there are aspects of it that i do like um you know that i have a very short commute to get to work um you know i do like that things are a little more flexible like if i uh, if, if I need to do something for ACB or BPI, I can kind of do both at the same time. I can, I can stream a community call and work on my, my case notes or write emails to, um, other, you know, other coworkers and things like that. But, um, I, I really liked getting out in the field. I am an assistive technology specialist like Tim and like you were. Um, and so my job is working primarily with people who are seniors and a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them are new to blindness. And so it's really frustrating to be new at being blind and there's no one there to hold your hand. And I mean, literally hold your hand. We can't, can't be holding hands anymore. The handshake is gone. It's dead. It's dead, Jim. I don't think we're going to be shaking hands even after COVID, uh, but, um, being able to like touch someone's hand and say, now this is what a swipe feels like. 
And when you swipe, you've got to kind of be quick. You got to be like a nice, broad, fast flick. And if you do it too slow, you're going to just drag your finger across the screen. And that's not a flick. So I'm able to, you know, touch their hand and show them what the gesture is. Now I'm on the phone with them and I'm trying to explain how to flick. And it's just so much harder to get that across. What what a flick or a double tap is something that that we all here probably take for granted. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so working over the phone just really has made things a lot harder. The other thing is my job, you know, it, it was so exciting before COVID. If I had a client up North, you know, I cover the entire state of Minnesota. So if I have to go up North to somewhere like Moorhead or Detroit lakes, one of the perks is that I got to, I got to stay up there overnight and stay in a hotel And especially during the summer, like Detroit Lakes has a beautiful beach that I can go walk on. I get to go to Zorba's, which is like a really awesome pizzeria. They, uh, okay. I I think you guys will be disgusted by this, but I liked it. They had a peanut butter and bacon pizza. That's not pizza. I'm feeling, I'm feeling my dinner. I'm feeling my dinner. I was waiting for Anthony to go. Um, but anyway, they have all, they have your pepperoni and sausage and all that there. Um, so you, you can have your traditional pizza, but I have my weird pizza. Thank you very much. But uh, I don't get to, I don't get to go to traveling anymore, which is kind of sad. And then, you know, of course, go ahead, Leah. I was just going to say, you know, getting back to, uh, pardon me, this is the uh, downside of being outside is that, Mm -hmm. uh, we're near an airport. I apologize, um, and it's the uh, and it's the unpredictable nature of a live radio. Now, um, if you uh, just take a look at the left but, side of your window here, you'll see Leah <laughs> doing a radio show on the lanai. That's right, exactly. But I was going to say, you know, when you talk about training, and and since I had many years of that experience, the the whole sense of doing the physical touch the keyboard do some troubleshooting um i'm wondering if you spend a lot of extra minutes just trying to get somebody to perform uh what we would think of as very simple tasks that you can't just kind of reach out your hand and demonstrate anymore yeah i i would have to say that my experience been is a little different um the I mean, before the pandemic, the the job that I do, I work with different departments and I work with an organization for the blind. So the staff are visually impaired and the students are visually impaired. So it's like uh, everybody shall touch everything, (laughs) everything under the Mm, sun. mm -hmm. So it it was definitely different. And we we actually are still not, we have not returned. And there's actually some places that have returned with some limitations as to it. But I think the challenge, really the challenge was, and it's really interesting because you would think that a lot of blind or visually impaired people would be very familiar with a lot of technology, but the adjustments for a lot of the instructors that are normally hands-on to do technology, it was was really tough for them, especially the Mm -hmm. ones for so many years. You know, ILS instructor and the the Braille instructor, you know what I mean, sitting next to the person doing all that stuff. That can definitely be... uh, it could definitely be challenging to adjust to something different on there. Um, Especially doing, 
I, I'm one of the backup AT instructors there, one of the leads, and um, we do all of our training through through Zoom, so we can control the computer that way, or we do it through um, JAWS Tandem in order to do it. So it is it is frustrating sometimes, especially when somebody is in a spot where they don't really understand the concept. You know how, like you were saying, Byron, like how do you swamp or what do you do? or maybe what keys to hold down, things like that. So those things are frustrating, but I think that if you're patient enough and be able to, to just figure out fun ways for them to kind of feel comfortable and be able to realize what it is that you're talking about, I think it's, you know what I mean? It, it, it happens, it may happen slow. Some, as you guys know, as AT instructors, sometimes people are really slow and sometimes they're really quick to catch on. So, um, you know, depending on who you're catering to when it comes to training, that that can definitely, you know, change the way you try to modify how to do it. I, I think the ones that have the biggest challenge are the O&M instructors, because I, I just don't know how yeah. that yeah. Yeah. must be really difficult. You know what I mean? Like, you know, how to use your cane technique over the phone, That that's very <laughs> easy. You know what I mean? To make sure you put your hand in the right place on the cane and do all that stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, sorry. I didn't mean to... Uh, I, I'm I'm curious how how all of you that work with clients are you feeling that client frustration is going up you feel like clients have made an adjustment to this new um to this new world of training well at least in my case my my number of clients has gone down exponentially from like the way it was when I was seeing them in person, because mm -hmm. a lot of them, <clears throat> a lot of them at first thought that COVID would be over eventually, like, you know, relatively soon. Like we, I don't think people were expecting it to last this long when it first started. So they're like, Oh, why don't we just put things on hold until this mess is over with, and then we'll start up again. And <clears throat> then I started calling people back and saying, you know, would you, would you like to start? And now depression has set in and they don't have the motivation yeah. to do it. Um, um, or, or life has gotten busy because, you know, <clears throat> people are sick and they're, they're mm -hmm. dealing with, with sick family members. And so they can't focus on learning how to use their iPhone when a family member is in a terminal situation. Um, right. So, and also like a lot of my clients, at least I know a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of people that have high school and college age people, um, they're doing a lot of zoom but a lot of my clients are not really digging the whole Zoom thing. I have a few that use Zoom, but most of them use their house phone, their landline phone, because mm -hmm. I can just call them and I'm there and I'm just magically there and they don't have to. It, it, when you're showing somebody how <laughs> yeah. to do something on their iPhone, but they're using that same iPhone to call you on Zoom, it's really difficult. Yeah. 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 So we have, well, um, we we have Gabriel who also works with students and he's in a unique situation because in a relatively short with relatively short notice Monday morning he went back to campus so Gabriel can you tell us a little bit about you know what precautions are in place and what you were thinking over the weekend before you know you walk back into that office for the first time after 6 months well over the weekend i I was picturing myself like one of those cartoons, uh, one of those kids in one of those cartoons who's trying to, whose parents are trying to drag them out of the house and they're holding to the doorknob. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't want to go. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> no, it was it was it was mixed feelings. Um, back in March when we went all virtual, you know, being uh, uh, I work with students with disabilities with a DSO. Um, so um, it was it was it was crazy. It was a lot of students were uh, scared and uh, apprehensive about how Blackboard was going to work or whatever other learning management system. Um, so so people were scared. People didn't know how to transition. Uh, we also uh, experienced a lot of what um, everyone, Byron, Mark, and Tim have been talking about with clients, with students. They are used to going to the office and uh, getting assistance, getting tutoring, getting, a, a, you know, um, help from, from, you know, if they don't know how to navigate something, I would help them. <coughs> so... Um, we got you. We got used to everything, and we um, we managed. And just as as we were getting comfortable, and the beginning of the fall <laughs> semester, uh, we you know the college authorities decided that uh, it was time to go back. And uh, many many students are very very happy. They cannot stand. I probably would have been one of those students if I would be studying. Uh, I didn't like the virtual learning because I, I'm too OCD and I and I like to I like to sit down in a classroom, get the lecture, ask my questions and go back home and work on whatever I have to work. When I when I ever took virtual courses, I felt like I was glued to the computer, that I had to be there twenty four seven. What if I missed something? What if they posted something? Oh my God, what if there's a new message? I gotta I have to go in and check. So a lot of students are very happy. Um, there's um, the institution that I work for, they have a lot of precautions. So the way it's working, it's it's so many things that uh, people don't know is going to affect either workers with disabilities or students with disabilities, beginning with, for example, the entrances um, to the school. It's, um, they're limited. So now there has to be a specific entrance where we have to tell paratransit to drop us off. Um, because uh, they have, we have to go through a screening process of getting our temperature checked, and then we get a wristband. Everyone, staff, faculty, students, we all get a wristband. Um, it changes color and code every day, every day, to make sure that no one is going to try to <laughs> go in on a Tuesday with the same band wristband that they had Monday. <laughs> so you have to go through the through the security process. Everyone has to wear a mask or a face covering. Um, while you're on campus, unless you're by yourself in an office, which is very rare in a uh, college setting. So um, I have mixed feelings from, I, I have received mixed feelings. A lot of students uh, are, are not happy to go back, uh, but a lot of students are excited. They're thrilled that they're going to be able to go back and get their accommodations at, you know, in person and be able to interact one-on-one -on -one, and if they have an issue they know that they can come to the office and deal with it right then and there um on my end uh i think at the beginning it was weird to work uh virtually but i got the hang of it and i think it was byron who said that you know it, it gave me an opportunity to take small breaks you know clock out and just take care of something bpi related uh and then come back in uh it was comfortable. I'm not going to lie. It was comfortable and uh, um, it, it's different. 
I, I was going to say, and having Anthony and, and Bodie in the house, obviously. Um, now I miss them. And Posh. Fortunately, Posh is very popular <laughs> yes. at the office. So she gets a lot of attention, but still... It is, it is, it is interesting to go back. It is, it is, it is a very, very unique experience. You feel very, uh, it's different. You, Anthony and I have been out and now that Leah's here, we've been out very, very occasionally, just, just, you know, very, very cautiously, very cautiously. only, yeah. only to places with outdoor yep. seating if we go out and only very limited amount of time. Um, so going out into the real world, going out into like work and yeah. I was just going to say, Gabe, I had a, a question because I think you're the first one out of all of us that has gone back to work. Um, and I, I work at a tech company and I remember there's a certain surreal quality about it um, when I hear you talking about going back because the other day you, you we were getting your stuff ready and you pulled out this jacket, you know, that you hadn't worn since March. And there was, <laughs> yeah. there were treats in the jacket and, you know, a little bottle of hand sanitizer. And it's like all those things kind of stayed in suspended, uh, <laughs> yes. you know, yes. suspended time, just waiting for you to pick them up again. And I was thinking about that in my circumstance, because, and it goes back to what Byron said, um, about not thinking this was going to last as long as it has. I mean, I remember I walked out of my office and my desk on March 16th and we thought, well, maybe we'll be out for a couple months and we'll be able to go back in July. And I have sitting in that office space, all these, you know, little knickknacks on my desk and, you know, a few rewards and there's some like <laughs> accessibility stickers on the drawers and a few little, you know, possessions that I had in the desk drawers, like a stress ball and things like that. And sometimes I just, it's like, I think of all these items mm -hmm. suddenly just, <laughs> just abandoned um, and never thinking when I walked out of that office space that day that you know, I wouldn't be back. And at my, in my particular situation, we're being told we won't be going back maybe until July of next year. And I mean, I never would have considered um, something like that. So there's kind of like an, an unreality to, to the entire situation. And I'm wondering if any of you who haven't gone back yet kind of feel that same Yep. So my strangeness, my ceramic turtle that I got when I was in Australia, <laughs> he's got a blue shell. His name is George. I left him there at work because I figured, okay, well, you know, he'll be, he'll batch it for a while. You know, I'll be back, you know, in July or June or something. It'll be fine. George has been unattended for, you know, more than half a year now. So he's probably covered in dust and depressed and, you know, there's, there's no Netflix at, at the office. So he's probably very bored right now. Um, but yeah, it's just weird because I, I have a cane. I, I somehow forgot my cane at the office when we all packed up for COVID and it's been sitting there in the cane holder since March. And it's like, I died ready to go. I've been using a rigid cane ever since because I left my folding cane at work. Wow. Wow. You know, one thing that struck me about being around Gabriel at home um, is that 
his job, I know when he was physically there, it was a good 20, maybe 30% of, of, um, you know, support both, you know, emotionally, as well as the, the access services, et cetera, et cetera. But being here and, you know, unable to avoid overhearing some conversations, it became really a 50-50 journey of, of emotional support of, you know, you can do this and, and, you know, take deep breaths, et cetera, et cetera. I'm wondering for, you know, Lear and I are in slightly different situations, but I'm wondering for Tim, Mark, you know, and Byron, how much of what you, you've done has, has transitioned into being, you know, the, you know, unofficial therapist for the, for the clients that you're mm-hmm. working with? I think that that's a good question because, um, I think one of the biggest things that affect at least a lot of the clients that I work with and, you know, in, in general, it's depression for sure. Just like uh, Byron was saying, you know, being at home or being stuck and not being able to go out, not, not because they, not because they, they don't want to, but because they can't. Uh, and, and the, I guess you can say in the past, it was more like, I, I don't want to go out because I can, but now it's like, I can't go out because I can't. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, or 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 it's because you know what I mean. There's not a place that I I could just hang out with. You know what I mean? Hang out with and everything. But I think one of the I think one of the biggest changes, especially for those that are visually impaired, is is the commute. Um, yes. Changed yeah. a lot. Yeah. Like yeah. for me, my commute was two and a half hours to work and two and a half hours back. You know. Um, so I, I mean, uh, gaining that time back and being able to do other stuff mm. that you must have and, been and able even, to listen to a lot of podcasts on your commute. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, or I studying. Actually, yeah, I, I would. Uh, it's between studying and and listening to books or something like that on the way. But yeah, yeah, definitely. But I, I think that that's I think that's one of the things that's changed for a lot of people. They're not out and about traveling, so a lot more time on their hands to do other things. You know. I think the world has gotten a little you, more. Tim, did your did your clients feel you know a sense of abandonment when the program was pulled out from under both you and them? I think so. I really do. I I think that a lot of even were like uh, e- even in the beginning, a lot of them, you know, discontinued the program and because thinking just like Byron was saying too, you know, like we're going to come back. This is this is not going to last very long. This is going to only last a little while, you know. And and the interesting part was. Um, I think what was really hard for even the staff working was they were afraid they're going to lose their jobs because, you know what I mean? The, the pandemic and not, you know what I mean? Not mm-hmm. having work and stuff like that. But, you know, yeah. our work was really good. They were like, you know, we're not planning to come back. You guys are going to work from home. Uh, we're going to find stuff for you to do. If you don't have something for you to do, you know what I mean? We're going to do that. And, and that sometimes, sometimes you don't get that type of support from your, you know what I mean? From the company that you're working for. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, look at him. And that's, you know, that's, it's a sad state of affairs that, you know, because of the way things are structured, mm-hmm. you know, he had to take a cut in what he was doing. And, you know, just as, just as said, his clients that probably, you know, were depending on him both for some social interaction, but also for the knowledge that he was imparting on them suddenly, mm-hmm. you know, disappeared. It's well, like the, the pumpkin at the, you know, midnight on Cinderella. Well, the other thing a lot of my clients were waiting for when I, when they had to switch trainers was a lot of them were waiting for new equipment. So new mm-hmm. computers yep. or new iPhones. Oh. So, yep, you know, that's even more of a major. Uh, yeah. You know, never because, thought of that. Yeah. Because, you know, they've got this new iPhone there that they've that they've got, 
They can't get it set up. They've got a new computer because their old computer finally died after, you know, five or six years. They can't get that set up. So they're in limbo. They're in limbo. Yeah. 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 I think in a strange I, way that the world sort of got a little more accessible because of COVID. Um, for example, uh, meetings that we used to have to travel to, to be at, um, and, and having to find transportation to get to those meetings. Now they have to be on Zoom. And um, so like a lot of people who have chronic pain or they have other issues that keep them in the house or keep them from going to things, you know, maybe they have kids, maybe they have a disability that keeps them from being able to get out. Um, they can go to things like the, the ACB convention now because it's online. So, so like things uh -huh. are, are, you know, being, you're allowed to go to things now that you sometimes would have to miss out on. So let me ask, and this is including Leah, you know, your yourself your, and your coworkers and your supervisors, do you think it's become more productive, less productive, or it's been the same, you know, level of workflow and going, you know, eventually going back, do you want a hybrid model, a full back, or, you know, would you like to stay this way, you know, for the foreseeable future? Leah, we'll you know, start I, with you. I, I have to say, I think it's really subjective for the person because you, you know, Tim, you know, Tim, I've heard you say, you know, this is, this really works well for me. And particularly because you have life circumstances that, that developed, um, you know, that, that made this um, an optimal situation. I, I know for me, my productivity has absolutely suffered, Same. Um, you know, as somebody that 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 grapples with depression, th this was not a good setting um, to be thrown into um, because I've really come to understand that I relied in so many ways on the small workplace interactions, um, you know, to cope with some of the anxiety I deal with and and isolation, you know, just sometimes saying hi to the, the shuttle driver in the morning that I was used to and seeing the same people at the, the, the bus stop and having lunch with coworkers and having um, interactions with them during the day. Um, for me, it's been a, a major um, change to basically get up in the morning, not have anywhere physical to go. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I used to get up at 6.30 in the morning and I often wouldn't be home till seven o'clock at night. And, you know, I've said before, my, my apartment was a real um, escape sanctuary. for me. Wow. Yeah, it was a sanctuary. That's a great word for it. And at some point when the um, new the newness of the situation began to wear off and I began to realize that this was going to be not something temporary, but something much more permanent. Um, I, I really struggled with a lot of productivity problems because you'd think just needing to get up and walk a few feet to your computer would make things easier. And for some people, I think it does, but for me, it's really sapped my energy and, and my creativity in a, in a lot of ways. And I found it much harder. Um, you're um, just to stay you're part of a big tech company. Do you think that they feel that way? 
Are they looking to change their model, you know, going forward because of, you know, what they've seen as far as work from home situations are concerned? I think some people are doing really well with it. I think, I think things will be a lot more flexible um, when there is some degree of normalcy, but I also have coworkers that are really, really um, struggling. They have small children. And oftentimes when we're having group meetings, I can hear children screaming in the background and playing and wanting attention. And I've got coworkers, you know, they're, they're balancing trying to get their kids to um, sign into zoom for their classes and also have a, a meeting about a project, you know, that's being worked on simultaneously. And that's, that's a lot to balance. I, I think there'll be more flexibility, but I think there's going to be a mix of people like me that are, are really relieved. Um, to go back into a physical workspace. But Leo, and, and, with, the, with, with, with all the changes that have happened, do you, do you, do you feel that you're ready? Because I mean, like, like, for example, like my work, we, we're not allowed to have lunches. Like we, we used to be able to have lunch together in a building, but now we have to be mm-hmm. outside six feet apart. So this is the new norm, you know what I mean? That we have to abide by, you know, the no more... Um, like, you know, the holidays are coming up. This is where, you know what I mean? You have those, you know. Yeah, no more Christmas holidays. parties. Parties, uh, yeah. Yeah, no more. It'll probably be a via Zoom instead of Z, via in person. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so I, it's, I, I can't imagine. It's going to be definitely hard to um, adjust. I mean, I, I have already have had my own office, and I love being in my office alone and no one to bug me and, and talk their ear off, you know what I mean, talk my ear off, but you know, now I, I do have to be in my office. And if I want to go meet with somebody, I have to go meet in the bigger room, you know what I mean? Just to talk to them yeah. like in the hallway or something. I can't, you know, or if we're together in the office and they have to wear a mask. So it's definitely has changed where even going back, I'm sure it's going to definitely uh, <laughs> affect. It, it, it'll be different. But I think if they, if, if I was told tomorrow, we're going to go back in some kind of staggered um, way where some people go in Tuesday and Thursday and some go in Monday, Wednesday and Friday, I would jump at it. Um, and it's funny because I, I used to feel very fatigued some days, you know, going in and spending the whole day in the office and it, it never would have occurred to me how much I would miss it. But mm. there's no doubt in my mind that I would, I would jump at that chance. One of the things that has helped me greatly and I'm lucky to, to have this opportunity is to spend the time that I am right now um, with Gabe and Anthony, because watching both of them Mm. be productive and busy all day, um, instead of just kind of trying to be up to my own devices. um, I'm in the process right now, transitioning to a new team. (laughs) So of course now I'm not quite as busy as I was before. But I think watching watching them be um, fruitful is has been a major um, emotional booster and has given me a lot of strength. So that when I do go back and and I start with this new team, I think I'm going to be in a better place. I think just knowing that I have a a place to go where there is a sense of um, community for me. But Byron, I'd like to hear your voice on this because I'm, I mean, your life changed drastically as well. You're not seeing people either, no. you know, out and about. So, you know, the thing is, I'm, I'm a night owl. 
Um, I, I don't do mornings very well. And I had the same issue that you did, you know, when we had to get up and be at a client's house at 10 a.m. or 9 a.m. or we had to be up and be at the office for a meeting yeah. at 8 a.m. I'm just like, oh my god, I don't know. I don't know how people do this every day. I don't know how you guys adult <laughs> right. every day. But oh, I, Byron, but I, you're preaching to the choir. Yes, but Anthony, would... Anthony obviously knows this, but Leah has learned this about me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, he will not get out of the bed until no. the very mm-hmm. last minute. Possible. No, I mean, it, and Anthony and I are up eating scrambled eggs this morning. You know, and not <laughs> even the smell of food is like, you know. Well, that would get me out of bed. Food would definitely get me moving, but no, 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 I can eat later. <laughs> but so here's the thing. Um, when, when you don't really have like a lot of supervision, you know, there's, there's nobody, nobody really keeping track of when you, when you actually get up and get ready for work, it's really easy to do crap, like get up 10 minutes before your client or, um, you know, I'm cold and I just woke up and I really don't want to get out of bed and get dressed and be (laughs) presentable. I'm not doing a video phone call. I'm just going to hide under this blanket while I'm talking to somebody through how to do, you know, Apple calendars or something. Um, it's, and it's bad because I can go through like a third of the day or something and still be in my pajamas by noon. And, it's not Only great. a third of the day. <laughs> it's not. It's not. Okay, so math was not my strong point. But anyway. Um, you no, know, I was saying only a third of the day. Yeah, only a third. <laughs> right, right. Because see, I'm just pretending like I actually put clothes on by 4 p.m. It's fine. Um, <clears throat> but so I I have had. I'm, I'm lucky to even get a shirt on. So good right. for you. Right. But <laughs> I, so I, I have had to actually start really like knuckling down on myself because it's really easy just to screw up and and not get dressed for work and you know uh not make yourself feel like you're in the office and that's important Mm -hmm. to me because it puts my brain in work mode and i i I can't, mm, I can't spend half the day not feeling like I'm really in work mode. Um, so I've, I've just had to say, all right, you know what? Enough is enough. You've had a couple of months now of screwing around. You, you really have, when it's time for work, you have to be in work mode, which means this yeah. is stupid. I have to put my shoes on, right? Cause mm-hmm. if I'm walking around in stocking feet, you know, bare, barefoot or whatever, I don't feel like I'm in work mode. So I've got shoes that I have never worn outside before, like Mr. Rogers, because I need shoes on my feet to feel like I'm in work mode. It's really stupid, but it, but it works. Gabriel, do you think the students are ready to go back? You know, and of course it's a generalization, you know, question to ask. There are going to be some that are, there are going to be some that aren't, but in, in a numbers kind of sense of things, what are you getting from, from the students? Are they ready to tackle this on the way it needs to be tackled? We've heard some horror stories about um, Georgia and some Alabama colleges that, you know, had horror stories. So what's, what are you hearing on campus? <laughs> well, I'm getting mixed messages. Um, like I said earlier, I, I have students who uh, can't wait to be back on campus and who love that interaction, that classroom setting and being able to stop by the office whenever they need something. And and uh, we have other students um, who made it clear that they only wanted to register for classes, that even if we went back, we're going to stay remote the, enti- the entire 
uh, fall semester because they didn't want to go back because either they live with elderly family members or because they're afraid mm -hmm. or because they don't want to deal with transportation. Now, <clears throat> there's another important factor to consider, and this is not only students with disabilities. Um, as, a, as a college, as a public institution, we we are our student population the majority is underserved communities so we have a lot of students who have been having a lot of issues because either they do not have access to wi-fi in their homes or they do not have a laptop to work on um, mm -hmm. my institution has been great at providing them uh, either you know codes to get free wi-fi through different uh, providers or we've been um, giving students uh, laptops, uh, uh, you know, loaners for the for the duration of each semester, but it's not the same. They feel that they're not ready, and they feel that things are not that they don't have the infrastructure at home, and that they want to go because they do rely on the services that we provide as a public institution in terms of mm -hmm. uh, internet access, computers, uh, labs. Uh, uh, testing centers, uh, tutoring, etc. So I think, I think from what I've been able to to grasp, I think it will be a 60-40. I think 60% of the students are excited and happy and relieved that we are going back. And I think 40% uh, of the students uh, do not want to go back on campus. Again, probably depending what their personal circumstances are. I I think yeah. a lot comes down to that because, you know, again, I don't, I live alone. So I, if I were to go back, I'm not bringing anything home to potentially, I'm not bringing anything home to anybody. Um, yeah. Especially, you know, the my coworkers that have children and have maybe um, relatives in their household who are immunocompromised. Um, you know, I think, I think that's an entirely different um setting and, and situation there are so many different variables um to work with for me you know the last 10 years of my career before i lost my eyesight i worked basically three days from home two days in the office i had management responsibilities for the associated press that i had to go in and you know process payroll and make sure that we had confirmations on quotes for our you know and so i would pack all the management duties into two days because i really couldn't write in an office setting we didn't have closed offices. We were in, a, in an open floor plan, cubicle kind of setting. Um, so for me, it really wasn't that much of an adjustment. I remember years ago having like, you know, fits with people, friends and, and family members like, yeah, I'm home, but I'm working. It does not mean yeah. that I can go out for lunch at okay. 1130 <laughs> and come home at three o'clock. It doesn't mean that I can run with you for a quick Dunkin' Donuts run or, you know, go buy a pair of shoes or go lay on the beach. Um, so it wasn't much, it wasn't much of a, a huge transition for me to, you know, to get myself into working from home, but I'm a very social person though. You know, as soon as I was done with work from home, I'd be on the boardwalk on the beach, you know, playing ball, you know, and after work, of course it was, let's go get a drink. So, you know, going absolutely stir crazy in the four walls of this house, even though I had Gabriel and the dogs, 
you know, towards that third month, it was like, oh my God, you know, if <laughs> I don't speak, you know, if I don't speak to another person, even if they're six feet away, please, let's just go to Publix. I know we can order Instacart, but let's just walk to Publix. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but um, let's go back to Byron for a second, because your, you know, your population, as you've, as you've mentioned, is, is elderly. Do you think that they're going to be able to rebound what percentage do you think, you know, have, have been permanently, you know, held left back in, I don't know how to put it, but how much do you think will rebound and how much do you think have been, you know, permanently affected mm. by, by this situation? You know, that it's hard to give it like a number, but uh, I'll tell you, there's definitely going to be people out there who, you know, the depression um, and the long period of time of not getting you know, hands-on services, um, not getting blindness training fast enough, not getting orientation and mobility instruction quick enough. Um, they, they are, they are getting services, mm. you know, don't, you know, don't think that we're not doing that, but they're not getting hands-on services. And, um, so it, it is setting them back. And some mm -hmm. people, um, you know, when you're blind and it's new, um, and you know, depression kind of squashes everything and it make, makes everything a lot harder. And then there are people who lose their vision later in life and they just kind of accept it and they thrive, um, and they just kind of move on and they become part of the community. And, and, and those people I think are going to be all right. But the ones that I'm worried about are the ones that are just struggling already so much with blindness, um, and then you've got COVID. And then on top of that, you've got rural settings. A lot of my clients live mm -hmm. in a rural yeah. settings. So can you imagine yep. being newly blinded, living out in the country and COVID is a thing? Right. That's got, that's yeah. hard. Are they wanting you to come back? Or are they asking at this point, you know, when they can have in-person training again? Or Oh, yeah. Do you think? Yeah, yeah, a lot of them are. I mean, I certainly have the outliers uh, of people who just... They just don't want to see me again, uh, at least not until COVID is gone. Sure. Um, they, they don't sure. want they don't want anyone in their home. Uh, also, right. you've got your senior you got your senior housing, like your your uh, independent living situations. Where you can't and, go no matter what. Right. They, right. they want you yep. to come so bad, but their uh, facility that they live in are just on lockdown and, and nobody can get in no matter how badly the client wants you to come. Tim, what does it look like, you know, as the pandemic, God willing, you know, vaccine or better treatment plans? What What do you think it's going to look like for you going forward? Um, I think it's going to be, I don't know. I think it's going to be, I think I'm going to probably still keep doing the customer service piece. I think um, they still haven't kind of gotten the, gotten in place the whole, um, you know, the whole kind of mask and gloves and that kind of situation. So none of my um, old clients are being seen yet physically. So I, but I, you know, like Byron says, I think it's going to be difficult for some people um, because there are people who really um, also, in addition to kind of the blindness skills, having somebody uh, come into their homes who was blind? It, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a role model for them, yeah. You know, yeah. so and that's a major, um, th that's a major psychological. I, I remember a couple of years ago, I had a guy. Uh, we got a call. This this guy called me. Said my dad is ninety three years old. You know, mm -hmm. he's losing his vision. He 
uh, he, you know, we've tried different phones for him and he can't, you know, he's got big hands and, and he can't, wow. you know, he can't make out with the buttons and everything. So we got him an iPhone and we programmed a couple, you know, numbers in it that he could call all the time. And I, I took it out to him and showed him how to use um, Siri to make calls. And he just, he thrived, you know, he just, he loved it. And he was so excited because he mm -hmm. thought he would never be able to, you know, communicate easily with his with his son or with his friends over the phone again. And, you know, he's not going to, you know, he's not going to be using the iPhone to surf the web. But, you know, for him, it was it was a huge breakthrough. So I think, you know, there is that kind of piece, too, that having somebody come into your home who's been through what you're going through can make a huge difference. You know, work um, in a work answer scenario, what has this pandemic taught you about yourself and work? Let's uh, let's start with Gabriel. Oh, so much. Um, I, I mean, I've learned that, um, that I'm too much, <laughs> I'm too much as a, of a soft shell. Uh, and you, you have experienced uh, students calling me at eight, nine p.m. <laughs> so I'm terrible. Eight o'clock in the morning. <laughs> no, eight at night. <laughs> no, but eight o'clock in the morning too. <laughs> yeah, that too. I don't know which is. I'd rather them calling me at nine p.m. than at eight a.m. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, um, definitely it is. It is. I think I need I need the structure of an office and the structure of going in and interacting with people and having, um, like Leah was saying earlier, that connection. You go there, you leave your work there, and then you come back home. Right. You don't uh, mix the two. You reset. Yeah. yeah. You don't mix yeah. the two because I found myself so, it got so convoluted that I definitely way, way, went way you know, past my hours, but, uh, but it got so convoluted because I was home. Yeah. So, so it, it was, it was, I feel that I need the structure of going into the office and doing Time what I have to do and everyone exactly do it. We oh. have five minutes left. So let's go to oh, okay. Mark. So everybody gets a closing statement. Mark, what have you learned about yourself and work? Uh, I think that it would be the, um, the whole idea of, to adapt. I felt that I adapted well. I know that it was harder for others than it was for some. Um, but I think what really went really well was being able to also help others. Um, you know what I mean? To help them cross that gap of being able to adapt and 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 uh, and adjust. Um, and and showing them that they can adjust to something like this. So Byron? I would say. Yeah, um, I guess, you know, everyone has been echoing things that I've been saying all night. So I guess I will echo what Mark said um, and and say that, um, you know, work during COVID is, is definitely stressful. Um, it's definitely hard, but we have to keep moving um, and we have to overcome this. So, I mean, I guess I would rather be working than not working and um, staying busy because, Absolutely. gosh, I, I discovered, oh, my God, you guys sitting um, idle and not doing anything that leads to the dark side. You don't want to be sitting there thinking, you know, how bad everything is all the time. You got to stay busy. 
Tim? I've learned that uh, you really do, like other people have said, you really got to set rules for yourself and you've got to set boundaries. Um, you know, I won't, and I've even got some, you know, old clients who still call me, but, you know, I won't take calls from, I won't take calls on the weekends, you know, because otherwise people just think, and this, ha this you know, I don't know what it is in the blindness community, but it seems that people think that you're, you're, you're available 24 hours a day and you really got to set, yeah. you really oh, yeah. got to set boundaries. Wow. Once a tech trainer, always a tech trainer, you know, for people, I can't tell you the amount of picnics and things like that where someone I've worked with has come up to me and decided they could ask me, you know, questions. Yeah. Um, what are you going to take away from this experience, Leah? I really think that once I can go back to a physical office, <laughs> I am going to be a much um, more productive um, worker. Um, I, I think that my, I, I'm probably never going to take sick days unless I feel absolutely horrific. <laughs> I'm not going to take for granted those small interactions that I would never have even thought twice about before. Um, because I've, I've really learned for me, that those are really important to kind of keep me feeling human and and connected to the world um so i am going to feel extremely fortunate when the day comes where i get the call that <laughs> that we're going yeah. back in i i'm probably going to do a few you know jump big jumps for joy and the people in the apartment below me are probably going to be mad <laughs> well that's a great segue because the six of us on this call actually are very lucky we've all been able to work completely yes. through the pandemic yes. in various Absolutely. forms we um you know we've taken up the habit uh pride connection of having ongoing conversations and this week is the first of two possibly three conversations and next week we're going to be exploring some people who did not fare as well as we did in the um job arena people that were uh, laid off or furloughed or um you know their jobs just disappeared there were no jobs uh left because of COVID. so Please come back next week. You can find us on all your podcast aggregates. And uh, Byron, Tim, as always, thank you so much for the gurus and your opinions this evening. Mark, welcome to the board. Thank you so much. Leah, Gabe, let's have a drink. <laughs> Absolutely. It's time. <laughs> yes. It What's your famous fun. phrase, Miss Leah? <laughs> well, it's actually Dwayne Estes's phrase, let's not forget. However, That's true. <laughs> time is a mean mistress and we are almost out of it again so if you have any feedback for us want to get in touch with us please email us at membership at blind org or visit our website at uh blind org. thank you so much have a good night everyone bye everybody thanks everyone stay safe goodbye 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 you have been listening to Pride Connection, sponsored by Blind LGBT Pride International. For more information, go to blindlgbtpride.org. So